So I'm going to give a very brief description of the meaning of health as it applies in the delivery of health or how we live our lives in relation to our health. And then in the afternoon, Lawrence is going to go into it a little deeper. Um, so this retreat relates to health and relates to healing. And it's a reasonable question to ask at the start, what is health? And what is healing? And it's probably true to say that this is not a new question. While modern healthcare is probably only about 50 years old, the question of health and healing is a question that probably dates back to the dawn of consciousness. And it is quite a deep question. And as we find sometimes with these deeper truths, they pose a challenge in language to express them clearly. But perhaps I'll start with the, the definition of health by the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization defines health and has done so for, since 1948 as a state of complete psychological and social well-being and not merely the absence of an illness. So this is an important definition um, because it certainly reflects a pervasive view as to what health is. One of the main problems with it, however, is that it's not achievable. And moreover, it's directly opposed to our, diametrically opposed, I, I should say, to our uh, life's experience and our life trajectory. So as we get older, if we get the chance to get older, we accumulate illnesses that perhaps initially can be cured, got rid of, but eventually those illnesses can't be cured, eventually they can't be treated, and we die. And we may even die physically after we've died mentally, as it were. So this aspiration for a type of health, this physical, psychological and social well-being, just the absence of any illness in these areas, is 
unachievable. And it certainly within healthcare creates a cycle of expectation and disappointment. So most people who are receiving uh, healthcare resources are, have illnesses that can't be cured. And most of us, when we consume healthcare resources at a very high level, are in fact dying. So this experience of health, or desire for health, is unfortunately um, an illusion. Is there an alternative definition of health and healing that can integrate this reality of our lives, which is that ultimately we physically fail? And the only thing that separates ourselves from this physical failure and psychological failure, as it were, is time. Is there another experience of health and healing that's accessible to us in this life? And we touched on it yesterday in that story of the person who was looking after their father who was at the very end stages of dementia. And where certainly he'd physically, he was not either physically or psychologically or mentally in the space of well-being. And yet both he and his daughter experienced healing. So I'm going to read a little bit from the Upanishads. In the city of Brahman, the heart of man, there is an abode within a small flower, inside a little space. What there is within it is that which one must seek, which one must desire to know. What is hard to see, hidden in the depth, set in the cave of the heart, primeval, smaller than the small, greater than the great, is the self, the life interior to all things, the only master. There are two selves, the separate ego and the indivisible Atman. When one rises above I, me, and mine, the Atman is revealed 
as one true as one's true self. So all the teachings through the different traditions speak of the true self, something that is deeper within us. And is something which is distinct from the separate ego. The ego being the source of our unhealing. So the definition of health, as we've talked about from the World Health Organization, where is that coming from? So it's cultural, it's within society, it's pervasive. It's been spoken of by an institution. But it's coming from within people. So from which self does it come? Who desires it? And who fears its loss? The separate ego? Or the indivisible Atman? The one true self? So I'm going to finish on to talk about a to perhaps expose the problem or the source of our need for healing. And I said very I said earlier on that that very often the truth and sort of deep truths are hard to articulate, they're hard to put into words. So that's why we have art. That's also why we have myths. And the irony of it is that in modern world, that myth is synonymous with the untrue, or what that which is false. However, the deepest experience of humanity suggests that, in fact, the false is the world we mostly occupy and hold to be true. That is the illusionary constructs of the I, of the separate ego. That, in fact, which criticizes myths as being false and untrue. So we need to reset our understanding of myths as primeval attempts at trying to express truths. So I'm just going to touch on one very famous myth, perhaps the most famous myth of Western civilization, to see is it a primeval attempt 
at trying to express something about healing. And what's going on with our, our nature. And I'd like you to sort of suspend, for want of a better word, institutional or religious institutional interpretations of this for one moment. And just to look at the story itself. So it's the story of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve are tempted to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. By the serpent. And what they experience is an experience of separation. So they're separated from the creative energy of the universe, which in the story is God. They're separated from the land, so they're thrown out of the garden. And they become separate from the land. In other words, they're going to use the land. It's them and the land. And they become separated from each other. There's the next generation, the Cain and Abel story and murder which is the ultimate, I suppose, exercise of separation. And they're also separated from their true self. They're falling into their ego state, ego self. And remember, the first manifestation of this sense of being separate is that they notice that they're naked. So the question is, is this, as it's sometimes spoken of, an act of disobedience? Or is it an unavoidable act of our nature? represented by the serpent. So our nature is to pursue knowledge. But there's a consequence to that. And the consequences is, is that we get separated. So we fall into this unhealed state. And our journey in life, or our fulfillment, is to be, is to transcend this. In other words, despite this, we, we become reconnected with our true self, with the creative energy of the universe and the, wo and the world around us. And that's other people in the world around us. So is healing a process where we transcend suffering, illness, and death by having a meaningful, by meaningfully re-engaging with our true self, in other words, moving into our true self, 
allowing the indivisible Atman rise above the I, me, and mine, and be, for it to be revealed as one's true self. So this connection with our deeper true self, the connection with the creative energy of the universe, the origin of the universe, the state of pure being. And a meaningful relationship with others around us and with the world we live in, with nature. So one of the things that, we, well in healthcare you see it, but I'm sure all of you have experienced or heard of it, is that you know, there are people who can be cured of things and not be healed. And there are people who are not cured and are even at the point of death and can experience healing. And if you think of cure as being a technical solution, antibiotics, fixing a broken arm or broken leg, they're all good things. We want them. But ultimately, they are transitory because we run out of them. So eventually, we'll get to the point where there isn't a cure for us. Everyone here is going to run out of cures. We're all going to die. So that's what we might think of as cure. And then healing is something deeper that can occur, occur despite the failure of the curing system. And the nature of that healing that occurs, the nature of the people who are being healed despite their bodily failures, is their capacity to connect with something deeper within themselves. And to have find that meaningful relationship with their true self, with others around them, with the world around them and with that state of being or that origin or creative energy behind the universe. And one of the symbols of, of understanding this experience that we see in, in different traditions, and Lawrence will touch on it later, is this, is this concept of trinity. and non-duality. So the connection with our true self in the, in the Christian teaching or system, you could say the connection with our true self is connection with the sun. The connection with being and the creative energy of the universe is the, is the father. And then the creation, the connection with the with creation, with others, and with the world around us is the spirit. 
and the concept of non-duality is the concept of you are part of that, you are one with it, so it's not two, but it's also not one. You are not the creator of the universe. You are not everybody else. You are not nature. So in a way, healing is, is connecting into this experience of what is called the unit of state in the Upanishad traditions and what might be called the Trinity experience in the Christian tradition.